And so there's that perverse set of incentives that ends up with like you're eating plastic and styrofoam and like, you know, and like everyone's feeding that to their kids and nobody's like getting it. That's fiat. It's this like perverse set of incentives. People, there's a great tool song. They say lie, cheat and steal. And like, that's it right there. It's like you are rewarded if you lie, cheat and steal better than everyone else. Hey, everybody. This is the High Hash Rate Podcast. I'm Mike. And I'm Dan. And this podcast is just two plebs getting high and talking about Bitcoin, life, and the absurdity of the fiat world. Our guests don't necessarily get high with us, and you don't have to either. But it helps. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the next Vetus High Hash Rate. I'm stoned as hell. And Mike is late as usual, so he'll just pop in in the next 10, 15 minutes to the show. But today... We have TC, and you guys might know him from Twitter or the he's a meditation underscore man on Twitter. And then he is uh, also the creator of the time chain calendar. And if you haven't seen the time chain calendar, um, just go to timechaincalendar.com and check it out. But hey, TC, what's going on, man? Yo, what's up? Thanks for having me. This is, uh, this is a, a chill evening so far. Oh, yeah. So are you... Uh, you're you used to get on spaces a lot right or do you still do yeah i i uh i spent uh some time on spaces with a, a lot of people over uh, 21 22 into this year it's been uh it's been a really wild ride that's uh, what i thought yeah i definitely yeah. have seen you on there before so because of that like you probably have i mean based on our, our listeners and kind of knowing our fan base people who have at least heard of you or time calendar time chain calendar.com, which we'll get into here in a bit. But what did you, when you were on spaces and, or what do you, when you're on spaces, what kind of topics are you usually focusing on? Uh, and like, how, how, you know, what is your public persona, I guess, for what you like to talk about in places like that? Well, uh, I think spaces has been uh, a very interesting place for just, kind of open forum uh everything from bitcoin to the clown world out there and right all these uh wild twists and turns over the last several years i think it's just been uh a uh a place where you can spout your opinions you can learn new things you can uh, have that discourse that you know covers a lot of ground I've made some friends. I've made some real right. friends and it's been and, a huge community. It's kind of like a, uh, interesting experience just connecting with people all over the globe at the same time. Like what's going on in your own local environment has, uh, gotten weirder and weirder. At least that was my experience the last several years. Like, Oh, totally. The, so like, that's you know, the, you, yeah, that's the, uh, the interesting thing about it is that it's, it's been a huge community builder. There's a lot of them like professional relationships. I mean, you got sovereign leaders of countries going into spaces, Elon Musk, like some of the biggest celebrities, some of the biggest billionaires, bankers, like huge names, um, going into these spaces. It's not just, you know, it's, it's mainstream. Right. And then you've got these little tiny niche spaces where it's like maybe a dozen people and they're talking about really specific things or like really political things that isn't really wide stream. And then they'll pop in and out and go to these bigger, broader spaces talking about the macroeconomic situation, et cetera. Anyways, my whole point of that is it's not just like you said, not just, uh, Americans or people in your community. It's people from all over the world and they're speaking in memes and they're talking about Bitcoin and they're talking about the bullshit going on with all the politics in every country, whether regardless of what side they're on the economic crisis, banking crisis. Right. And like, it's, these things are happening globally and they're all connecting and talking about it. And you're kind of realizing, Oh, this is the same problems everywhere else, the same clown world everywhere else for the most part. And it's been like really unifying. And yeah, that's, that, that was my experience. Like, is that what like, drew you in? I mean, at home where I live, I feel like we, we had a big change in, in society it just got mm -hmm. a lot weirder everybody felt it and right. as a result you can you can easily become more isolated 
within your community, within your family, a lot of divisiveness. Mm -hmm. And so at the same time, all that was going on. I think that uh, platform that space is provided for people to directly communicate. And I, I found it to be like really, really uh, uh, helpful in that time because right. things have, things have gotten pretty strange. And um, just even to know that uh, people in other parts of the, the world are experiencing the same thing. I think that's deep. That's, that's very helpful for people to, to feel uh, something to relate to other people over. And then Bitcoin as that kind of glue mm -hmm. to really focus people's like intellect in the same kind of place. That was a really important part of that whole process too. And that's, and that's what kind of transcend. I mean, you've got a lot of things that you've got spaces for people who it's kind of more focused to their local politics or their country's politics or something that's more geographically specific. Whereas the one of at least one of the main exceptions to that, which was global and people were talking about it from everywhere. didn't, didn't matter which part of the globe they were on. They were talking about Bitcoin and they were connecting and they were like um, uh, relating to each other based on these like almost as silly to say as memes that kind of conveyed your disposition towards the current thing or the anti-current thing, whatever it was. And it was like, you were kind of figuring out who each other was from all. And there was other topics, other areas of interest didn't have that kind of global reach and connection the way Bitcoin did. Would you agree with that? Definitely. Definitely. I think uh, there's a whole new language that people are able to communicate with. Mm -hmm. And I, I mean, that's like without even so saying the words explicitly, you might not even know the <laughs> word for hard work in another language right but like if you when you when you say proof of work i mean that's a that's a literal technology right like it's a little hashing mechanism or whatever a consensus mechanism for bitcoin but it's really it communicates a much broader message which is just to say like you value truth you value honest work um integrity that kind of thing right and all you have to say is like i'm proof of work and everybody kind of gets that regardless of what culture they come from Oh, that's fundamental. That's a that's a, a deep value proposition. And right. I think everybody knows we need more of that, right? Mm -hmm. Like society, the, the fiat nature of society is really speaking to its lack of virtues and lack of integrity, right? A lot of corruption, a lot of shortcuts, a lot of people being cheated and lied to. And like proof of work, and truth and verification and the things that Bitcoin like teaches you. And that that's all, that's all heavy duty stuff you can apply in every aspect of your life. So very, very relatable. Um, were you, do, did you mostly do like, were you talking and just listening in bigger rooms or did you also have like going to some of the smaller ones and more niche ones? Well, I really got pulled in through Bitcoin in mostly Bitcoin spaces. Okay. But Bitcoin transcends all these other areas because undeniably Bitcoin causes you to start understanding money and finance and right. geopolitics and, follow and the one rabbit hole to the next and uh, every, every single area. Um, there's a lot to, to unravel and a lot to learn. And that's all I felt is just a, a pretty uh, rapid pace communication happening there. A lot of people learned uh, the fundamentals of Bitcoin and, and how to use Bitcoin and how to do all these other things. I mean, I, I picked up uh, my understanding of mining and my desire to try to get into mining more through those spaces. That's yeah, and, uh, me too. Yeah, man, I, I I ended up aping into it, even like in a in not the best way possible. But uh, that's how you learn sometimes. That's how you learn exactly. And so th this whole way of everybody interacting on spaces was really a uh, a just nonstop experience of and, people sharing things and learning right. and fighting with each other. And 
Hell yeah. And it was, it was, it was, it was fun to fight, right? Because people disagreed with things and you were either in polite society, you're just not supposed to talk about that stuff. Um, and that's been kind of tradition for years. And then with COVID, you're just kind of locked in, uh, depending on where you live, right. There's more restrictions and you just had that interaction with people. Like you're constantly surrounded by your family. You can't be like constantly arguing and yelling with them. That's, you know, you're at least try to compromise and you're incentivized to chill, you know, with them, but like you get on there and you can just hash it out with people, so to speak, and really just go. And it seemed toxic, but I think it was an outlet. Man, people were trying to sort out like some of the heaviest. Yeah, yeah, they're trying like, to solve unraveling the of like your 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 whole your whole uh, mental framework, how you view the world, how you've traveled through the world as right. an adult your whole life. Let's let's just pull that thread and keep pulling it and completely unwind everything you know. That's yeah. a heavy process, but it's like but everything. So what what did we have? We had like a brawl to like sort it out. But at the same time, right? Like that we were fighting so hard about this kind of stuff. And you kind of mentioned some of the clown world stuff and like some of the, just the way the world's changed. And it's to me similar to like kind of what's going on in the monetary policy right now. Like everything's breaking because they raised rates too fast. It was just this rapid change of pace. And in this culture, we've had that too, just this rapid change of culture and pace. And it's the idea that everybody's starting to realize that it's unraveling in the money system and in it's definitely related to our culture and the society. Right. And the idea that they're going to somehow step in and do the fiscally responsible thing and uh, make us take a, you know, some hard medicine and uh, strap up or pull ourselves up our bootstraps and, and just have some discipline all across the spectrum of our lives, especially in the banking system and the monetary system. The, the idea that the Western contemporary regimes or consensus, Europe, United States, wherever, that acquiesced so quickly to just the changes in culture to the point where it's like, you know, a dude with a beard is winning the, the women's gold medal in, in weightlifting, right? Like, and it's just, that's considered normal now. Like the idea that the people who acquiesced to such objectively visible truths and conventional wisdom that they're going to somehow stand up and, and put an end to this fiat craziness in the banking and financial system. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't know if you kind of agree with that, but it's like this rapid change well, you're, is you're coming touching. to her head. Yeah, man, you're, you're talking about that proof of work again. Yeah, right. And and so you're you're talking about some responsibility in the money system, and yet here we're living in the times where we're seeing the most just absolute lack of responsibility and total corruption and totally perverse incentives Yes, and a totally broken system of measuring value. Like how are human beings supposed to build a complex functioning society if all the incentives are perverted, if the right. unit of measuring value is fundamentally flawed? Right, I mean, exactly. it's, it's, it's shocking. And at the same time, once you, you see some of these truths, it's actually really understandable why the world is so clownish because the, the, this permeates every level of human existence from, you know, like how our family dynamics work today versus generations ago, you know, everybody sees it that like we we've, we've really left the, the, the fundamentals, you know, think about any activity you do. If you abandon the fundamentals, it's going to fall apart in one way or another. And like, we're, we're broken as a society on so many levels, like just families not sticking together. And then that leads to communities that don't care about each other. And all of this is reinforced by all of this bad spoiled incentives that like the money system encourages in in all levels individuals businesses corporations politics the whole global system is just like a bunch of people stepping on each other's heads lying and cheating and stealing what do you think do you think that we're hitting like a, a speed bump or a all right not speed bumps not the right word but we're like we're hitting like just a a tremor 
or do you think that things are literally unraveling right now? So like to put it in context, if depending on when you hear this recording, you know, this is, they just bailed out credit Suisse last weekend. Um, a bunch of other banks are failing credit default swaps on banks and other financial institutes are spiking. Uh, they're guaranteeing every deposit talking about CBDCs and all that stuff. So we're in the middle of that banking card. Do you think this is going to keep going or do you think we're going to even out and maybe the, the big crash is further ahead? I mean, you, you look at fiat money and, and everything is uh, pointing towards it. It can't sustain. We know that. Like if you understand what a Ponzi, the whole thing is, you know that that has to end at some point. That doesn't just continue kicking the can down the road forever. You come like to a point are, where... And it feels like people are like kind of accepting that and almost cheering for it in a lot of ways. Like it's finally over. It's 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 coming undone. And it's almost like that sentiment of like, yeah, spark the bank run. Let's do it. Let's get this over with. Well, for people that... that meh, people that see it clearly, they're, they're sure. anxious. Yeah. Um, the rest of society is like in this paralyzed state where they don't they're like stopping themselves from seeing it so they're getting adapted to weirder and weirder stuff as as considered normal and that's a weird like boiling frog kind of scenario right right like they the the way that media communicates things and the way that our society spreads around ideas and and sort of group think that is just kind of like snowballing right now so yeah we're in this moment and people don't know how to behave and the people who hold the most responsibility are misbehaving the worst and these financial institutions are beyond leveraged to their eyeballs and at some point these defaults gotta stack up and and something's gotta give something's gotta deflate so we're gonna see i mean unfortunately if i had to predict i think they're gonna make really extreme changes mm-hmm. and they know that they need things to break in order to allow really big changes in and i think people will welcome in really big changes if things are broken enough right and that's what history tells us happens interesting i think dc am i referring to you hi hello i just i just popped in what is i was listening i continuing on this conversation but something came up in my mind a, a question as you were talking about fiat. No, go. I mean, I was just really like, let, let's hear it. I was thinking about what is the concept of fiat for you? I think about fiat in like a, a spectrum of ways. The biggest one being like someone saying that something has value and it does not, as opposed to it being discovered to have value. What do you think of fiat? Well, I mean, ultimately, it's about that decree, right? That's what fiat means. And this is so how, fiat... This is how I feel. So this is how... You, it, this is what... Truth, yeah, I mean... My it, truth. My truth. My the, truth. There's the, there's the authority, and they're decreeing this is what gets used as the money, right? And if you just spread that out to all kinds of different life situations... It makes sense. Like you're like, wait a minute, these food products are all made out of chemicals now instead of food. Like, how does that happen? And then you're like, oh yeah. Well, of course, they're incentivized to like get creative with a whole bunch of chemicals and chemical companies that they got lying around. And of course, they're incentivized to lobby the politics. And the the politicians to pass all the laws so their industry gets to like either totally monopoly take over all their competitors or they get to thrive in some other way. And so there's that perverse set of incentives that ends up with like you're eating plastic and styrofoam and like like 
you know, and like everyone's feeding that to their kids and nobody's like getting it. It's like such a small percentage of people that are like, don't feed that to your kids. Like, you know, it's, it's, uh, that's fiat. It's this like really perverse set of incentives. People, there's a great tool song. They say lie, cheat and steal. And like, that's it right there. It's like, you are rewarded if you lie cheat and steal better than everyone else and think about it those suckers over there are playing by the rules ha i know how to i know how to twist the rules rules or bend the rules and so i'm gonna just run laps around them that's fiat right and so like the what you were saying earlier about you know everybody's corrupt especially at the top and that permeates down right like you when you see that the, the the people at the top it's just they're nakedly corrupt, right? Like whether or not you, you know, you can have an opinion that like, you know, Trump sucked or was a shitty president, but like what he did say he did was going to do, even if he didn't do it the way he said he was going to do it, was he like drain the swamp by like kind of being the spoke in the wheel? Like once you realize how corrupt he was, you could not, not see it in everybody else, even the people that hated him. Right. And so it becomes so obvious that everybody at the top's corrupt. If you didn't know it already before that, the bankers, everybody, everybody in, in what is considered just and right is what they say, the laws they make, it's what the money they spend on. Like that's by decree. Like this is just what right or wrong is. And we see that and everybody down to the, you know, school children are just like, Oh, like they just, you just make up the rules. And if you, say that that's what it is and you you lobby it enough or you put enough uh energy behind just enforcing it like everybody will just accept it so everything's just you have to accept everybody's bullshit it's just everywhere it's throughout society everybody's just like oh i can lie cheat and steal they do it you just have to that's the way you win and now it's just do you think do you think that's do you think that something like spaces or clubhouse is like a social sort of organism response to this level of corruption of the so leaders, like real, real community and sharing real. Like the, the fact right. that we can, you, you mentioned earlier that, that caught my ear was a direct communication. You said this term allows for direct communication. I'm thinking, okay, right. what else is peer to peer direct communication? Bitcoin is peer to peer direct communication. So I was just thinking about like the, yeah. the power of that, right? Man, we're we're kind of going through it again now with Noster. Yeah, and it's I'm like glad you brought that up. There's yeah, yeah, it's it's huge. I mean, to your question, it's a combination. I mean, the the technology comes along and aligns so that these features are capable, and yes, the moment. It, it becomes a problem that people strive to solve by creating those platforms. I mean, shit, Twitter copied spaces from Clubhouse and like, you know, it's... Yeah, they just ripped it off. Right, but it's, you know, it's a different pool of people. Right. And the spaces got kind of used different than the the clubhouse rooms and like i don't know i think it's uh i think it's it's absolutely this this thing where i feel like there's so much limitations and friction and pressure like any system you put too much pressure on it and shit's gonna squeeze out the sides and like that's just what's happening and bitcoin's one of these things that's just a direct response to that foul effect in society and the alignment of the technologies coming along where they understood the problem and they sought this solution and they had the tools to make the solution happen. There's Bitcoin. And like you've got I, I think you're you're right on that's it's that direct connectivity. I mean this is the exciting thing about the internet, right? fundamentally it's just a bunch of computers all over the world talking to each other right and now you got computers in your in your pocket and it's like we have this interconnected world but it's like we were saying at the beginning like there was isolation these last few years the the changes that are happening in the world 
people are getting cut off from like normal human interconnectivity. So these technologies become more important because they can interconnect people and it's more important for people across vast distances on earth to connect directly because of what's happening right now like people have to communicate and these things have to happen and it's it's interesting that um the more you the more you communicate when the more you like start meeting these people and talking to these people like very conversationally all over the world the more you realize and the more you realize you have in common with them the more you realize like you can like do business with them or then you like whether it's not not just like a you know customer or business to customer type thing but just all kinds of value transactions between the two of you and it's like ironic that like at a macro level world trade is is kind of balkanizing and like globalization is kind of dying but it at a micro level like individuals uh, using a different system they're, we're figuring out all these efficient um, censorship resistant ways to interact and do value transactions and, and do business you know sh- perform services for each other um, whether it's just you know storing some maybe some storing peer data peer-to-peer like just kind of incentivizing people to re- uh, host your data on relays Um all kinds of small monetary transactions, like just anything, all this, you know, all this new, the, the, the growth of the internet and technology, like all these, like the third world, Africa, South America, parts of Asia are like waking up and connecting and they're like communicating and interacting with us now every day online. They kind of skipped all the Yahoo chat rooms and they're just going straight into spaces. And uh, it's like millions of people and they're burdening, like growing economies and they don't have a system to connect to, to trade with other people around the world, except they do. And it's growing and Nostra's marketplace is popping up and you've got lightning remittances that are popping up in every country. It's like, we're just building this new system right underneath their nose and they're, they're just being crippled. Man, it's so important. That Nostra marketplace thing, got me so fucking bullish that is so wild to think about like anyone what, in the world what is, what is Noster marketplace okay so Noster, you got your keys right anyone can make keys like you make a the nsec and the mpub you spin up a pair of keys anyone can do that so there's no cost to entry right but your mpub can be like a profile on social media it could also be a store right and so they're building some applications now, and you have to imagine it's just going to be more of these applications, and they're just going to get better and better. And dude, Where I just got to say your Noster messages. I just got to say how funny it is. Like Microsoft and Google, and like these guys spent so much money on so many engineers and developers and, and research <laughs> development to try to figure out like, uh, like that single identity. Um, I can't remember what Microsoft called it, but it was this kind of like your digital identity that you could sign into like all these different apps and all these oh, the centralized. Yeah. And it's like, or you could just well, I, do what Noster's I mean, doing and build a new, that's, like that's going to still be their, their shit's a little different. Um, yeah. But Noster's like incredible, simple performant protocol. And imagine you just use messages, notes, to build out products and like conduct a whole storefront on there that's where you can sell your products using lightning and you can be anywhere on the planet and there's no identity kyc and it's distributed network and you know anti-fragile and it's a global network you just have to build a little javascript it's crazy exciting to it and sell stuff sell your services i just like see in my head people like anywhere in the world just being able to like conduct commerce seamlessly this, with no friction is, it ties into a question i had about how important Noster is do you think if you asked me that question a month ago i would have i i i, I, I might have underestimated it it's just my views are the same about a month ago it's it's it off. absolutely mind-blowing what's happening there and it's not to be 
missed and it's going to be incredibly important. It's not just like a Twitter replacement. Like, no, 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 it's a, okay. It's this a, is what I feel like is happening is it's a Twitter replacement. So I'm no, like, okay, so that's so what really adapt myself was. to this shit. All right, check this out. So basically like it's a messaging protocol and over here you have an app that's like a Twitter clone. ATC. You're really and then over here you have another app that's like an Instagram clone. And then over here you have an app that's like set up your marketplace. Is it cracking up? Yeah, it was. Is the, is You're the, good now. Am You're I in the now. matrix? Yeah. You're good Yo, now. You're... Can you hear me? Okay. So over here, you got a Twitter clone. Over here, you got a, an Instagram clone. And they both have people communicating with each other on the same messaging network under the hood. And like you can take your profile from the Twitter clone and go log in over on the Instagram clone. And you're the same entity with the same people connected to you. And it's like this totally seamless protocol underneath that connects it all just like lightning like you know you have all right. these different lightning wallets out there and right. they all are interoperable through lightning more or right. less but like this Noster protocol is simple enough that you can you can have almost anything built on top of it that goes from being completely dependent on the messages directly to using the messages in some you know enhancement way or some auxiliary way but the bottom line is, is it's incredibly versatile and it's simple enough that like what the developer decides to do with it can lead to wildly huge spectrum of possible results. It's pretty slick. And that's, you know, kind of at the technological level is an architecture level. It's kind of mimicking. It's a messaging. It's like mimicking human communication. Like what are we doing all the time at work? Uh, and now even on our phones with our friends and family, like we're just sending messages of different formats back and forth with each other, whether we're texting each other memes or we're sending each other Slack messages to coordinate our, on our, at our job, or we're sending like a, a message essentially to a, a website to say, Hey, I want to purchase one of your products or one of your services. Yo, and they, I, and they I, send it back. I helped the guys with the, there's these guys who do this Noster Ness uh, website. It's like a spaces thing, but it's like all these Noster folks. And like they built just a little integration into like verify your identity where you put in your public key and then it spits out a little thing that you have to go to wherever you use Noster and publish that little note. And then it verifies that you published it on your account. And so now your ID is verified. And that's just so that you have a little verified thing in your little avatar in the in the spaces type environment, right? And they imagine they can build in zapping people and they could build in all these other integrations where just this little spaces clone of an app mm -hmm. is like, because it's having all these Noster people, you can build these Noster functionalities into it that end up tying it directly in with that network again that, runs all these other applications so here's my question how do you think ai fits into nostr because i mean like chat gpt these ai systems as they evolve they just kind of become apis some of them will be public some of them will be paid some will be open source most the best ones at least at first will probably be the ones that cost money but you could just integrate this ai into nostr and these different I don't know. There's probably a million different ways, or maybe I'm wrong, but it's, and it's all message based. Like these prompts are message based. So you're just sending a message that, uh, you know, gets to AI and sends a message back. Like, how do you see that impacting the growth of Nostra? Or do you see that as an opportunity to be exploited with not, not exploited in a negative way, but for value in Nostra? It's anything. It's all of the above, man. Like so, you're gonna yeah. have incredible things. You're gonna have like really crazy, scary things, and everything in between. So here's the, here's another thing that I was thinking about tonight that kind of crosses into the point I'm making here. So there was a tweet uh, two days ago by Georgios Karas, GB Karas on Twitter, and it was uh, a screenshot of G Chat, G Chat GPT C, and it was like the um, 
the uh, caption was logical failure. So he asked the question, in a room, there are 100 murderers. You kill one of them. How many murderers are left? And ChatGPT says, if there were originally 100 murderers in the room and you kill one of them, there would still be 99 murderers left in the room. Essentially suggesting that ChatGPT had a logical failure that if you killed somebody, you'd be there'd be 100 people in the room. But I was thinking about it and it's like, that there's not enough details in the prompt to in, infer yeah, that, I mean, that, like that, what if you you what if you're a murderer already and you you kill the the person well, and well the point is that he would there would still be a hundred but my point and ninety nine is right no my, no no because no, what if you're one of the hundred no but my point is like there's not enough information there to say that the murderer that you killed somebody that that occurred in the room that you were present in the room that there were laws in that scenario that made uh, that killing unlawful. So it was murder, right? So like, there's just not enough details. So my point is thinking about this a little bit deeper, because I was getting really stoned on this edible. And I'm thinking <clears throat> if you could, you had enough, you know, information, metadata, whatever context about the asker of the question, then you would kind of be able to infer that killing meant murder. Uh, and that, you know, from based on other clues, maybe from the prompt that it was, should be implied that the murder happened, whatever stuff that they left out. The computer is trying to give an exact answer based on limited information, but that only exacerbates. I mean, it's, it's tough between a human and a computer, but it's even tougher in some cases between people from different cultures with different languages and communicating back and forth with them, kind of finding some technology that you could build into Nostra, right? That could infer what people really mean based on you know, despite what they actually ask and kind of picking up those contextual clues about yeah, their culture but, to be able to facilitate the communication back and forth. Now you're talking about like, you're talking about deeper levels of AI, which I don't, yeah. I don't yeah. think are, I don't think are, are, are there yet. Like it's th just theoretical. I just sure. don't think it's like, no. they, you know, I mean, tell me when these like, art AIs stop putting seven fingers on people's hands and like, you know, like, like they're, they're not like, it's not a human decision-making process. It's a, it's an algorithmic one, you know? And, right. and, and so you're going to reach a limit with certain aspects. I mean, human beings are, able to detect detail and nuance and right. in a way that like maybe machines just those different like parts but they the combined sum of it is not the same maybe i don't know ask me in a decade yeah i mean it's probably too far away but it, i don't know that was just one of those rabbit holes i was going down thinking about like oh how do Dude. we how do we pick up those context clues digitally it's tough because I mean, it's even tough when you're communicating with somebody with just via text, right? That's why we invented all these memes and emojis. It's just like we couldn't convey tone and we couldn't express our meaning clearly enough with just text. You see, yeah, but the, the emojis are, are good. What <laughs> question going back to the beginning of the show because <laughs> something I never got and I wanted to get is some context about who we are speaking with tonight. This is something I didn't get. This is TC. And he some invented context. Yeah, yeah, so like this is yeah. this is a good segue, I think, because yeah, TC built... chain calendar. Yeah. That's what I wanted to get to. What is the time chain calendar and what does it mean to you? Tell tell us a little tell us again about the the, the time chain calendar like how how old is that <laughs> what made you decide to build that uh okay well i launched it in november and um really for me it was uh a uh experiment to kind of just see the blockchain data and the mempool data in a different way and i got an opportunity because i i I'm able to build these web apps to uh, kind of implement this different whole perspective on it. It it uh, was it was like a, a calendar to me 
because uh, one of the things that I actually thought of first was my my kid's block height. I wanted to look that up. And uh, I went through the process of, of finding that and it was pretty rough on the, the website that I used. And so all, all of that came together in, in mm. the sort of concept of being able to scrub through the blocks. And uh, it all just kind of went from there. I, I put it out in November and uh, been great feedback from people. And I, I keep adding features and it's essentially a, uh, a different way to view the bitcoin time chain you so can, it's uh, it's kind of a yeah, tool to it's kind of a tool to uh go back and say hey what was the block height at this specific date in time yeah you can and you, you can, can dial back based the, on that you can dial back to an old block using the little scrubber slider at the bottom mm -hmm. or you can just click right on the date you can also click on the time and you get this little interface that lets you say the year and the month and the day and the time. And then it'll look up the block that's closest to that time. And then there's actually an, a, a fun feature in there, which is if you put a date in the future, then the wizard comes up and it will predict what Ooh. block that will be in the future. So uh, yeah, it's a, it's a block lookup tool. Um, and uh, on top of that, it's, it's also a, uh, sort of a you know I, I i like to think of it like it's if the block clock and the and the mempool.space site had a kid this is this is uh this is what it would look like because it's it's got kind of a you know a um it's very cool a block actually. clock ethos but like uh you know um, details that you see on mempool.space and yeah. um, at the same time, I must always tip my hat to mempool.space because I'm using their uh, API that they made you know, oh, 95% yeah. of that database's API. So in the process of building this, has it affected or changed the way you look at time or the way you think about what time is? Oh, man. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the, the orange circle on there is the blocks to the having. Yeah. And so that is roughly a four year cycle. And the red circle on there is the blocks to the next difficulty adjustment, which we're, we're less than 24 hours away from the next difficulty adjustment right now. Um, and, uh, that's roughly a two week cycle. That's 2016 blocks. The having is 210,000 blocks. So four years in two weeks that's those two circles on there that that blocks to the having if you look at it every day you might not always see it move even though the number in there is changing every block but that blocks to the difficulty adjustment you see it kind of tick its way around that circle every day it's in a new position and to me it it, it really does function like a calendar you feel like you're moving through time in bitcoin's increments and every time a block is hit, you can actually turn on a sound so it'll make a little an audible noise um, when a block gets hit. And I, 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 I have it open almost all the time and I, I do feel it kind of helping me orient more to, uh, to Bitcoin, Bitcoin's own time. It's rhythm. It has its own rhythm. It has its own pace. And these time cycles are long. So it's not just a clock. It's it's really a calendar. And at least my little presentation of it uh, expresses that, I hope. Mike, you're on mute, bud. Here, yeah, I have to ask this question. Uh, what do you think that the the concept of this, uh, this sort of block calendar here that I'm looking at, that I... What a beautiful uh, timechaincalendar.com guys go to this place because it's a beautiful image of this uh, the block height clock. What do you think that'll do to our concept of day and night? Why would those, those, those well, visuals? <laughs> okay, so, well, you know, it's an interesting thing. And maybe, I don't know, I, this has been kind of like amplified on Noster because like it's been like a 
Bitcoiner thing to say good morning. And mm. like, you know, the 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 time chain calendar tells you good morning every day. If you look at it, I think it's configured from 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. But there's a little thing that pops up at the top of the interface and tells you good morning every day. And it'll tell you a different little message. There's a bunch of ones in there and it kind of randomly tells you, you know, go prove work today or um, something like that. Uh, you know, stay humble, stack sats. It'll, mm. it'll tell you some cool things. Um, but, you know, on, on Noster, people have been saying, uh, saying uh, good morning and good night. And you say, go, go fuck yourself, go zap yourself, pura, pura vida. And like, you know, it's like, <laughs> there's, there's a, a, a global thing happening here is my bottom line. And like, it's someone's going to sleep at the same time someone else is waking up and Bitcoiners are connected and experiencing this life cycle thing happening. And every day is pretty visceral. And every day is connected in some way to this thing that is a manifestation of all these people connecting together. And there's power in that. And there's a real energy there. And so, yes, we are experiencing time communally in a very similar way. And I've seen it even just recently. There was the all sevens block. We had uh, the block that was seven, 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 seven. And, um, Man, people really cared about that. And there was a lot of intense energy. I, I was counting down to it. And there was a lot of um, like connectedness, like the kind you think of when you're a kid and it's like New Year's Eve and everybody's setting off the fireworks. Or it's like one of those moments where you you feel that thing where everyone on earth is focusing their attention on this one thing. And I think Bitcoin's doing that every 10 minutes and it's, it's changing people. It's changing us like collectively, like the sum of the people that are involved in Bitcoin is much greater than just the number of them or, or just their parts individually. It's really powerful. So for me, like time chain calendar has been a profound experience to like take my own perspective on bitcoin and like manifest it in some way i can share it with other people and like let them use it and let them interact with it and like i i can't stop like you know just continuing to 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 want to nurture that because it's a it's it's powerful thing feels really good so something that i thought would be really cool like a cool integration i don't know if somebody wants to build it or you'd build it or whatever but into with like an integration with time chain calendar that you could like integrate with Nostra even because you mentioned like going, wanting to go back and see the block height of the birth of your uh, children. And so everybody's got kind of an emotional attachment to moments in time and they can go back to that block. Right. And like, imagine like something like on Nostra that anybody could go and submit instead of like putting out an op code, they could tag a block and kind of from the you know and say a bot that spits out your message on a block on the calendar no no but, but like you could as attach something that was publicly available whether it was a headline something that was profound to you and you could say this tag up tag a block and then the blockchain calendar would have like a feature where you could open it up and you could just see based on anything you filter like what random people throughout time had tagged in a block is like a significant moment to them whether it was this is the block of this bank failing or this is the block of the birth of somebody or blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So I, and, I think of like, uh, I think of like carving your name in the tree or something like that, right, or like right. this, that kind of thing. Yeah. So I've definitely thought about that. Let me tell you like, cause so I have some things that are in the works right now and I have some soon to come things that are definitely like going to happen. Uh, I am just one person working on this. And so uh, in my spare time, so th right. this, this takes so time, but I got source, to, yeah. I got a big uh, update coming that's going to bring um, some pretty cool things. Like uh, I'm going to start translating it to different languages nice. and I'm going to have like multilingual on there. And uh, I'm also working on a, a layout that's going to make the whole interface kind of fill the screen up more. 
so that on larger oh, nice. screens it, it goes like more feature rich. much bigger well not feature rich just bigger so oh, that sure. you can put it up on the wall oh yeah, and you yeah. could see it from across the room and it like really communicates the same thing at that scale so People i don't have that like super super wide perspective yet and then at the same time i am uh gonna put it out as a package that can run on people's nodes so nice, that's yeah. a that's another really big milestone for it if and then like one after of those, that if you had one of those like uh digital frame uh like picture frames or whatever or something connected to the internet you could hang it on your wall and just hang that as like your clock yeah i mean i actually shout out to uncle jim he already did that with time chain nice. calendar the way it is currently but that's why i want to build a, a mode that's going to actually fill the whole screen. So that's, that's in the plans. Um, so, you know, further down the road though, I want to turn this into a smartwatch. Uh, I could do an Apple watch app. I could do a, an Android smartwatch app. And uh, there's, there's sure. kind of just a lot of other form factors that I could try to do something with, but you know, it's, uh, it's, it's all uh, going to happen when it's supposed to. And uh, at the moment I'm, I'm just excited that uh, that like uh, I can you know share with the world. It's a it's a like I said, this is the it's a great feeling. I've been in Bitcoin for many years, but it's only these last you know four or five years I really feel like I'm I'm really kind of giving something back to this whole community of people. You you know what yeah, you know what feature I really like that I'm looking at is when it's open in my tabs. I, it just says block and then it tells me the block number that's really nice hey i love that too that's uh important for, as someone who has a lot of tabs going that <laughs> one that one makes a difference so uh something we usually ask everybody but uh i think we've asked you yet is like what particular aspect or you know like you mentioned aping into mining from spaces a while back and so you were really into mining for a while and maybe you still are but like what particular feature or aspect of bitcoin is like really um uh fascinating you currently okay so i i have you know very small amount of firsthand experience with mining but um i i attempted to understand it and i know i have so much more to learn but what i do understand is just leaves me in awe uh you know you brought it up before the the proof of work and the difficulty adjustment these are these are the things that are so important to bitcoin um that's why that time chain calendar has a red circle on it that's the blocks the difficulty adjustment and you know you can change the data that's there by clicking on the little data um pieces but like by default you see the the average block time and you see the projected difficulty adjustment for the next difficulty adjustment, and you see the hash rate. And so these data points are like front and center. They're all interconnected. It's really the block time that really totally. like holds it all together. That 10 minute target is what makes this system work. And it, it's really, really um, captivated me recently. You know, I, I've really come to appreciate that it's that, it's that difficulty adjustment that controls the pace of Bitcoin's mm -hmm. issuance. The having controls the supply of Bitcoin's issuance. It's what ensures we have a fixed supply. But the difficulty adjustment ensures that that supply is going to be fairly distributed over, you know, multiple generations. But you know, because without without that regulation of ten minute block times that it attempts to keep us on. Like all the Bitcoin would have been mined already. These crazy fucking right. miners with all this hash rate. It's like, it's wild. But, you know, people talk about the difficulty adjustment in like the context that you did where it's kind of it like it is like a governor where it's kind of slowing it down so people can't mine it all at once. But I think it's underappreciated for what it, the value it has for when, you know, if hash just dumps off of the face of the earth, like, like if an asteroid hit Texas or something and wiped out all the hash rate like will those blocks stop mining and until there's another difficulty adjustment right there could be like a huge 
time period in between. It could be much longer than 10 minutes. And there's been times in the past where it has been a lot longer. And it's the signal that that's sending about value and what people are valuing at the time. Like that is a kind of underappreciated aspect of it too. It doesn't just prevent like a quantum computer from coming online and mining everything in, you know, two weeks, but it also keeps people honest. Like you can't just stop putting in the work or else you stop getting reward. You know, you can't have your, I think, pudding. I think you also, have your pudding if you don't eat your meat. Yeah. Yeah. I a, mean, also the, the, the physical constraints of this being a global system and having to operate on planet earth, you, you can't have these trend. You can't have it. The system go too fast. The 10 minute block time is, is part of this, you know, cadence and, and pulse of, of Bitcoin, but it's, but it's also a required time frame to this thing working properly. And for everything to, to be balanced this way and to have this time cadence to it that's so specific and seems to work at least so far. I mean, we're in Epoch 4. It's working so so well to impact human behavior. The, the monetary policy of Bitcoin has got the participants in this dance that's just amazing. And that is critical. And without the difficulty adjustment, we don't have that. And without the having, we don't have that. Without proof of work, we don't have that. This whole system is absolutely anchored in those things. And, and that's, that's a, a difficult thing for, for people to, to understand at first. I don't think they should try. I think you got to kind of pick each thing apart and think about it. But it's, it's pretty exciting and like really just uplifting to think about how these parts fit together and how important this, this thing is. It's, uh, it's epic y'all. I couldn't agree more. This is the kind of stuff, this is the kind of topic that kind of really pulls me in a lot in the past few months as well is just this, it kind of, the difficulty adjustment is kind of the, when you first get into Bitcoin, you, it's like, like peeling layers of an onion. Like the, the more layers you pull, the more complex and beautiful it becomes. And it's like the first major shift in how you think about this technology comes, I think, from learning about the difficulty adjustment, because then it starts to get philosophical after that. You know, it's just kind of this token that you, number go up, you're going to make a bunch of money. And apparently there's only 21 million, I guess. That's what I heard. I'm going to check this out. And then you get into it and once you get to the difficult adjustment, that's when it stops becoming about getting rich and like, Oh shit, this is good. This is changing. This changes how I think about everything. Yeah, man, we didn't even talk about Bitcoin transactions and UTXOs and any of that fun stuff. We'll have to have you that back shit, on to talk that about shit that is, sometime. That is definitely like a wonderful thing to, to start on unwrapping. DC, thank you for uh, coming on tonight, joining us. Do you want to lay any sort of breadcrumbs to yourself? Uh, yeah, you guys, thank you. This has been a this has been a lot of fun. I'd love to come back. Um, you can find me on uh, on Twitter. My uh, Time Chain Calendar account is giving updates about the app and and also just kind of trying to keep tabs with where things are at um and that's at time chain cal c-a-l uh on twitter and then i'm i'm spending more time on noster these days on the personal side so i'm at tc on noster but uh yeah i'm 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 on this ride and uh, eyes wide open. The laser eyes for me is nothing to do with any price. It's about clarity and like cutting there through the go. fog. And that's that's what it's about. So, uh, you know, I'm I'm stoked to to continue to meet more plebs and and more like real people 
And that's powerful too, because this network is going to keep growing. That's all I got to say. Oh, man. Thank you for uh, joining us. I'll, uh, I'll cut it. Thanks again for listening to the High Hash Rate podcast. You can find us on Twitter at High Hash Rate, or you can hit up Dan at Heartland Bitcoin, H R T L N D Bitcoin, or myself, Mike, at Run Dance Bitcoin. That's all one word Run Dance Bitcoin. If you're a fellow pleb or you just want to shoot the shit with two high Bitcoiners, reach out to us. Holy Toledo!